I am Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. Legend. Absolutely. It's a throwaway year for LeBron James. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Let's get it. I got a jam-packed feel-good Friday with my games of the week, predictions for the weekend, and also a very special conversation with a very special guest. With that being said, let's jump into it. All right, it's time for Friday's first segment, which is game of the week, where I give you a game that stood out to me. My game of the week this week was between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers on Wednesday night, where the Nuggets defeated the Clippers 130-128 to in overtime. They needed everything they could get out of Nikola Jokic to get this win, and they got it. Jokic had 49 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 assists. The shocking part of this game was that it was even close. This was the Clippers' starting five Wednesday night against Denver. Serge Ibaka, Ivica Zubat, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, and Amir Coffey. If you're a casual NBA fan, you probably could have just said who five different times. They gave Denver all they could handle, and guess what? They led most of the game. That was even more surprising than the starters they ran out there. But the Nuggets did come back behind Jokic's 49-point triple-double. Jokic also had an incredible pass out of a double team in overtime to Aaron Gordon for a dagger three that Aaron Gordon hit to put it away. The Nuggets are now 23-20, and and they're two games ahead of the Lakers and T-Wolves for that also important sixth seed. So they can avoid a one-off to get in the playoffs. They are locked in at the sixth seed to get in the playoffs. Can they hold off? The Lakers and Timberwolves, I don't think so. I think more focus on the Lakers whenever they get Anthony Davis back. We'll see. I don't think the Lakers are going to make some huge run, but I think they can definitely um, be better than the Nuggets down the stretch. So we'll see how the Nuggets shake out, but that was a really exciting, surprising, and interesting win they had over the Clippers on Wednesday night. If you would have told me that I'd be watching the Nuggets and Clippers down the stretch, I would have rather take a nap, but it was a hell of a game, I must say. do have an honorable mention for my game of the week and this is the game I was actually watching Wednesday night because Amir Coffey versus Jokic really didn't excite me the way that uh I don't know the Brooklyn Nets and the Wizards did but uh Brooklyn Nets beat the Washington Wizards in Washington 119 to 118 the Nets survived without KD final sequence was pretty predictable uh Harden drives in gets blocked by Montrez Harrell because I love Harden, but he shrinks in big moments. Uh, after that block by Trez, Wizards get it to Kyle Kuzma for a really good look at a three to them ahead. He misses. They get an offensive rebound, kick it out to Dinwiddie. He got a decent three look as well, and shots just didn't fall. I feel like the Nets really got lucky in this game. Nevertheless, they got a road win behind Kyrie's 30-point game. Let's run through my predictions for the weekend before we get to our special guest. 
On Friday, there is a national TV game on ESPN between the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks. I think uh, the Bucks roll in this one. Chicago still without Levine, and news just came out with Lonzo about his torn meniscus, which I hate it for Lonzo Ball. He's one of my favorite players, but I think Milwaukee rolls on Friday. Another intriguing matchup on Friday is between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Denver Nuggets. Of course, this is intriguing for me as a Grizzlies fan. I think they can bounce back from that loss in Milwaukee on Wednesday and Denver just didn't impress me even with that overtime win over the Clippers that didn't impress me whatsoever so hopefully Memphis can bounce back on Friday all right let's move to Sunday where there is a national TV game on NBA TV between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat uh, this is interesting for me because this is originally my finals prediction at the beginning of the year, but I never thought that LeBron James would be playing like this and have a losing record. So really shows what I know there, but I think Miami uh, beats the Lakers in L.A. Uh, I, I think it's a fun matchup, two big markets, but I think Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo lead the Miami Heat over the Lakers on Sunday, especially with all that controversy with Frank Vogel benching Russell Westbrook at the end of that game. Um, on Wednesday against the Pacers and it just does not look good in LA right now and they're not living up to the standard that the Lakers usually set. Yes, I'm gonna have another homer prediction game on here. Another game on Sunday is between the Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies in Dallas. Memphis Grizzlies are seeking revenge on the Mavericks for ending Memphis's 11-game winning streak, but in this one, I don't think they get it. I think the Mavericks just have the Grizzlies number, and it's in Dallas, and I think Mavericks win again. They've been on a roll here lately. Another intriguing game on Sunday is the Brooklyn Nets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is on the road, so Kyrie Irving will be playing in this game, but I think the T-Wolves beat the Nets. The Nets just look old, frankly, right now. Our final intriguing weekend matchup is on Sunday between the Golden State Warriors and the Utah Jazz. This is a nightcap on NBA TV on Sunday night. So if you're done watching those playoff games this weekend, which I will be watching, and flip on NBA TV and see Utah versus Golden State, I think it's going to be a good game. Utah has been struggling, struggling as of late. They just lost the Houston Rockets at home on Wednesday, which is a shocker. Utah was a double-digit lead and fell to the Rockets. Kevin Porter Jr. had a game winner and was talking his shit against Utah. Shit was so funny. But uh, I think Golden State wins over Utah. I think it's close. I think the Jazz try to bounce back, but they just don't have enough. And I think the Warriors roll. And Curry as well gets back into rhythm and starts looking like Curry again. Our last segment of this Friday podcast is a conversation I had with Cooper Neal. Cooper and I go way back. He's one of my best friends, and he's one of the best guys you'll ever meet. And he also knows a little bit about basketball, too. So I hope you guys enjoy it. What up, what up, Cooper? How are you doing? What up? I'm doing, I'm doing good. Excited to be here. Good, dude. Thank you so much for coming on, and I just can't thank you enough. But here's how it's going to work. I'm going to ask you four questions. You give me the answers. I give you my thoughts and also the answers to the same questions. The first question is, what two teams right now would you choose to go to the NBA Finals and why? If you asked me two weeks ago, I would have said Bulls and Warriors, but that's kind of a different 
different uh, answer now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, off the off the rip, I'd probably from my West Western Conference, I'd probably say the Suns. And that's mostly just because uh, Western Conference is kind of just a it's in a weird year. Normally, the Western Conference you can say is tighter races and just tougher matchups, night in, night out. But this year due to like injuries of some like the bigger teams like the Clippers and then like right now the Warriors are kind of falling back because they don't have their glue guy in Draymond and um, just kind of figuring life with Clay again and they still don't have number two overall pick and James Wiseman Um, Mm -hmm. and so the Suns Suns are just kind of that team right now you know because obviously we're in the finals last year of course didn't win but they were in the finals so they got that ability to get there we know they're contenders um but then also just the level of play that they're playing at is just hard to beat right now. I mean, Devin Booker, yeah, he's not averaging the 30 points that he used to, but he has a guy named Chris Paul that literally has elevated that team into what they are now. And, I mean, Chris Paul's Chris Paul. He's going to play at the level he plays at year in, year out. I mean, he's in some of the best shape of his career. Um, and then you also just got incredible pieces around them, like Jay Crowder and uh, Mikhail Bridges, who are 3 and D. Uh, play their roles perfectly and then you got center school or now apparently with Jalen Smith coming on um, and uh, you got JaVale McGee who's champion championship DNA I mean we oh yeah oh yeah can't deny it he's got a JaVale McGee uh-huh. yes sir Shaq in the fool's finals legend but, uh, bro absolute legend so just got a guy DeAndre Aiden who's I mean, he was number one overall pick for a reason. I mean, he's showing it what he is, and he's going to get paid in the offseason. And then you got just an incredible bench, and they got a great coaching. They're just a solid team. And then I guess from the East, it's kind of a different conversation because, you know, the East is like, if you look at the standings, like you can flick a penny and it might change who's number one uh, night in, night out because they're so tight right now. And, uh, I get. I mean, going into the year, you could always just say the Bucks because you know the Bucks are going to be there. Um, and then this year, you kind of have the surge of the Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. But the team that I'm going to say is probably the Miami Heat, um, mm-hmm. solely on the fact that the Miami Heat is arguably the best defensive team in the league. Um, you have dogs at every position, um, and they're so underrated. I mean, this team is always. If you every time Jimmy Butler goes somewhere, it's just underrated after underrated, and then you got a guy in Kyle Lowry uh, at the point guard position who's also playoff proven. You haven't seen him really uh, achieve in the playoffs the way he'd probably want to, but they're also just now getting a guy in Bam Adebayo who's an all-star level center who's incredible at both ends of the court, um, and just they're probably one of the deepest teams that I can think of other than our beloved Grizzlies, um, <laughs> just yeah. due to the fact oh, yeah. that you, you've had guys like Duncan Robinson who's not having a great year. You have a guy in Victor Oladipo who hadn't even played this season, and you don't even know what he's going to be. But then you also have guys like Max Struess coming out of nowhere, basically taking Duncan Robinson's spot. Exactly. Um, it's a team it's that's just, battle-tested with still even more potential to it. That's the scary thing about Miami. Man. Exactly. Like, their ceiling is unknown yet like obviously they were in the finals uh what two years ago yep and now and then everybody after last year everybody was like oh that was a fluke they'll never get back and then not only are they number two right now or no excuse me they're it looks like they're tied or their first place or they're tied for first place right now in the east um and that'll change quickly yeah because because the Bulls don't have Zach Levine or Alonzo is now out for six to eight weeks due to that surgery. Yep. Um, 
it's just and their depth is kind of getting massacred at the moment because and you're seeing what they're made of um so that would probably be my two teams would be the, the heat and the, the suns yeah and i see what you're saying about chicago man i thought they were top heavy to begin with i thought their starting five was absolutely insane but once you looked past that it was I don't know. I guess you have Kobe White coming off the bench, but I didn't see much else on that roster because they're just falling off a cliff right now with Zoe out and Levine. Understandably so, but I mean, it's just like there's not even a pulse up in Chicago anymore. It just you know, past decade, ever since D Rose, you know, was out of his prime, they really haven't been shit to be honest. But that's crazy. You said Phoenix, Miami, because uh, I mean, I was. I, I chose Phoenix just like you did. I think Draymond out, Draymond Green being out for. Golden State's huge. And also, you know, you talked about them going to the finals. I think that's a big deal as well. And the fact that they came back hungry is big too because they could have, you know, been content with going to the finals, came back fat, out of shape, had to play their way into shape as the season went on. But they've they've been locked in ever since the season started. And people forget, I mean, they had a, what was it, 18, 19 game win streak earlier in the year as well. So they've been playing yep. this way. They've just, they've been the most consistent team in the league um all year all, all year long uh in the east and miami and milwaukee are my two teams i was in between you can make a case for both you made a great case for miami um chicago falling off that injury to durant also is huge for brooklyn uh because yep. everybody says any team with kyrie kd and harden would be hard to beat in the playoffs but they they barely played together and kd yeah i, I don't know him going down has been huge yeah, I mean, what they said they that starting lineups played uh, 17, 18 times total. I mean, that's yeah, just, that's just outrageous. And Harden was traded yeah. there over a year ago. I mean, yep. I, I don't know, it's just crazy. And like you said, Miami is, I don't know, they're a real contender and they're getting healthy at the right time too, because they had a lot of COVID and injury problems at the beginning of the year. Yep. Uh, I'll make the case for Milwaukee, you know, defending world champs. As a Grizzlies fan, we just watched them beat our ass on Wednesday night. But uh, <laughs> Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. I mean, you got a closer in Chris Middleton. Giannis is a two-time MVP, and Drew Holiday can lock up pretty much any guard in the league. So um, those are two. Those are my two teams I have coming out of the East. So I think we pretty much agree on that question. I'm going to go into our second question, which is, what do you think, if anything, the Lakers can do to solve their problems and make a deep run this year? <laughs> um, <laughs> hope and pray. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> um, like, I mean, if you look at them, obviously you have – one of the greatest players in our generation in LeBron James um, yeah. so that does help a lot but I mean and, and right now if the playoffs started today they'd be in the play-ins and they'd be playing the Minnesota Timberwolves and I mean <laughs> you put those two <laughs> what, teams out on the what court what fucking I, planet are we on they're playing yeah, know, Timberwolves in a play-in game LeBron James yeah. Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis would play the Minnesota Timberwolves in a play-in that's outrageous exactly and like you know and you say that, and you, it's kind of laughable that we're talking about this because, I mean, you, Russell Westbrook, the triple-double king himself, who's literally, for years, been averaging triple-doubles. And, you know, like, I, when I saw the trade go through, I was like, good lord. And then when you look at it more, you're like, so they just traded their entire depth for Russell Westbrook. Uh, and it's like, one thing where you're like, yeah, Russ can, he, he's an incredible basketball player, so, like, he can do it but then you look at the other thing and they're like who are they throwing out 
after Russ, LeBron, and AD need a break. Yeah. Like, you don't have anybody. And so then they go out and they basically add all these 40-year-olds that just want to ring and they assume that the Lakers are the best place to get them and they're obviously not. Like, Carmelo's having an incredible year. Um, I mean, and it's also awesome to watch Carmelo. And I mean, at the end of the day, you want to root for him to get a ring because that's all he's lacking. But, like... A 38-year-old Carmelo is not going to want to guard anybody either. That's his exactly. only problem. Yeah, he's a heater off the bench, but he's not... He's not going to exactly. He's not going to lock down Giannis Antetokounmpo in the finals to win you the thing. Like it's just no. not going to happen. And heck, if you look at the Timberwolves, let's say they play the Timberwolves in the playoff or in the playing game, I'd probably take the Timberwolves right now over the Lakers. I would. And too. that's not outrageous to say because I mean the Timberwolves are a young, hungry team, and Cats finally being aggressive. You have a guy yep. in D'Lo who's coming off. He came off that injury, and he's looking good. Or it might have been COVID list. I don't remember, but he's looking really good. And Anthony Edwards has made a jump. Star, I mean, Anthony man. Edwards is incredible. Um, and yep. they have better depth. Like, I mean, it's just it. I don't know. It comes down to like you have to decide what you're going to be. If you're if you're going to contend, you need to find a way to be on the prowl in the buyout market, or you need to find a way to. <laughs> flip guys I know that's I laugh yeah. saying that because like yeah. uh, who do you flip like it's, yeah they, they haven't created value for anybody on their team either exactly <laughs> like Johnson. the only person that has yeah. yeah Stanley Johnson's an incredible defender but what is he on another 10 day contract like I think they just yeah. keep signing the 10 day contracts he was on um, the couch a month ago and, yeah exactly yeah. and I'm yeah. not gonna lie I love Stanley Johnson I, I seriously yeah. do love Stanley Johnson but he's not gonna he's not pushing that needle to win you a national uh, win you in the NBA finals almost at national championship but um, he's not he's not pushing that needle and it's like one of those things where you're like trade Russ who in the league wants Russ yeah, nobody like, wants that contract wants to take, either. Who yeah. wants to take that massive contract for a guy struggling? And, like, the argument can be made every year Russ has moved to a new team. There's been that kind of, like, I guess learning curve would be the word. Like, you've mm-hmm. seen him struggle and start off slow, shoot poorly, which he's never been an above-average shooter in his entire career, except for his MVP year, which he also averaged a triple-double, so that helped. Um but he's always been a guy that's relied on his athleticism. And I love how I'm saying this after he just postered Rudy Gobert, who's apparently one of the best defenders in the league, um, say that with a grain of salt. Um, it's really nice to be a seven-footer and just get every block because guards go down in the paint. But <laughs> he's such a bitch, is. dude. He's such a bitch. <laughs> can't stand Rudy Gobert. Dude, I can't um, But, like, you know, he's one of the guys that he's going to take you off the dribble and he's either going to get fouled, make a layup, make a dunk, make a, make a contested in the paint shot, or he's going to pass it out to a three-point shooter. Yep. And the problem is you're passing out to LeBron James, <laughs> yeah, who's also playing center for you right now because the other guy that you gave away your entire depth for years ago in Anthony Davis is doing what he does best and sit on the bench. Anthony Davis plays a full season. I don't think they're at the eighth seed right now. Yeah, I don't either. Um. But I don't know. It's it's that's such a weird situation. You you hear them tied to names like Jeremy Grant, and Miles Turner, and just people like that, and you're like, but how? How do they yeah. get those guys? Like, yeah. what do you have that the Pacers, like the quote unquote rebuilding Pacers or the rebuilding Pistons would want? No, nothing. And I just it's just that they're a hard team to. 
to gauge because it's on paper. Yeah, you have three stars, and you look up at the East, and you're like, well, the, the Nets are doing it with basically two and a half because you're only getting half of the games with Kyrie. Yeah, um, one and a half. And they're now. doing it with no depth. Yep. Yeah, one and a half now, and they're yep. doing it with almost zero depth. So it's just, it's gonna. What's what sucks about it is it's, it's gonna fall on Vogel. And, and honestly, Vogel's not the greatest head coach in the NBA, but he's also not the worst. Yeah, um, I agree. But I, in all honesty, it falls on the guy that is trying to act like GM while playing, and that's LeBron. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, LeBron's playing at almost the best basketball he's ever played at, what, 36? 37? Yeah. Yep, 37. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's They're, they're our team to gauge. Can they do yeah. it? Yes. How they do it? TBD. Yeah, it's I don't know because I like seeing the Lakers do well. It's just sad, like when the only good thing you can pull from this season is Malik Monk playing well and Stanley Johnson playing well. I mean, yeah, facts. It's just when you're just grasping at straws with that, it's you know you're not having a good year. And my response is similar to yours. I don't think they can do anything this year. I think it's a it's a throwaway year for. LeBron James, who's playing like an MVP, but he's 37 years old, so I don't even know what you could do next year. Um, exactly, but you're also putting so much strain on him. He's literally having to play center, and yeah. he's literally what I mean. I think he's averaging like almost 38 minutes a game. I could be really wrong on that, but like you're asking a 37 year old man who I mean, let's be real, he's in incredible shape. Like I mean, the fact that he's doing what he's doing at 37 is insane in itself. But like. You're asking him to play. Um, let's let's see. He's playing 36.7 minutes a game, and he's averaging 29, seven and a half, six and a half, one and a half steals, one block. I mean, he's having a 19th year. year. Yeah, 19th year in the but league. That's the kicker. 19th year in the league, and you're having to do this much just to keep your team at the eighth seed, and then you're relying yeah. on guys like Stanley Johnson and Austin Reeves. To come in and play valuable minutes for your team, I just don't. I get you. You you know Anthony Davis is out, but you just lost to a 15 win Indiana Pacer team on Wednesday at <laughs> home. Trying to who's literally trying to sell their pieces to yeah. kind of redo what they're trying to do. Exactly. <laughs> it's just it's crazy. Yeah, and I I just really think LeBron's won his last title. Uh, I really do. <sighs> Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I do not think he will ever get to Jordan level of titles. No, I don't think so either. He's the Lakers. I mean, they went they went all in this year, and it just I mean it fell on its face. I know it's still halfway through the year, but honestly, if they won the next forty games in a row, <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, I doubt they can do that. But you know, and it's also one thing. You know, we can be talking a couple days from now. Russell Westbrook changed to the Detroit Pistons. I mean, you never know. The yeah, NBA I'm, I'm sure he'd be happy with that. Oh, I mean, I, he would love that. But, like, yeah. I, it's just such a – they're such a hard team to gauge because, like, you know, they had so many lofty aspirations. But you're just – you're getting outplayed night in, night out by teams like the Indiana Pacers or teams like the Sacramento Kings. I mean, exactly. it's just – it is what it is at this point. I agree. All right, let's go to my third question, which is who are Coop's top five contenders for this year? Top five contenders. So obviously you you got the two teams that I said I think would be in the 
championship or the finals right now, and that's the Suns and the Heat. Um, the Bucks would also be there. I mean, what do I need to say about the Bucks? <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, reigning uh, reigning champs, uh, two time MVP as their star player, just signed a really long contract. They have a steal of the trade at the moment uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. As much as it pains me to say, they got an incredible three guy. Uh, to shoot the ball, and he's doing it at an impressive clip right now. And Grayson Allen, yep, career um, year, and they're just, yeah, and they're just top to bottom. I mean, they're so hard to beat. Like, I mean, you literally saw it yesterday with the Grizzlies. Granted, you can make all the excuses if you want that the Grizzlies didn't have four of their top players, and yeah, yeah, but they're just that's a team that I would never want to see in a four game or in a seven game series. No, yeah. they're just they're devastating. Yeah, I mean, it's just a hard team to beat, and then I. I I'd feel bad if I didn't have the Warriors in here because obviously the Warriors are the Warriors and you have Steph Curry playing that just I don't even know how to describe it but he's Steph Curry and he's insane and yeah. the reason the only reason that it scares me with them is because I think they haven't had Draymond in I think it's 11 games now 10 games something like that and I think they have a losing record and you know it's crazy to say that because everybody will look at his stats and be like he's not doing very much and then real NBA fans will sit there and be like but he is yeah because uh, he's he's basically your point guard and the reason that Steph Curry gets all the shots and stuff that he gets is because Draymond I mean Draymond is their guy like he is their glue guy yeah he's averaging eight points a game six rebounds seven and a half or excuse me eight points a game seven and a half rebounds a game seven and a half assists one and a half steal one block I mean he's literally playing at an all-star level without putting up all-star level stats yeah. Um, and just him going down, and then they, uh, they said that his leg injury is tied in with a back injury, and it's just one of those things where, you know, like as Grizzlies fans, all year last year they're telling us, oh, Jaron Jackson's coming back to play, Jaron Jackson's coming back to play, like this meniscus is going good, and all that stuff. And then they said that he'd probably be a month out when the season started. Then all of a sudden we're waiting until after the All Star break, and then. It, weeks after that it's just like one of those things where you're not it's, getting positive reports exactly and even to and, go down that rabbit hole that's literally what the clippers are doing right now with paul george um and just yeah exactly paul george more recently because they're saying uh he wants his elbow to feel better and they just put out a report a couple days ago that it's going to be a few more weeks till they even check him and it's i mean that's identical to jaron and in my opinion they should shut down paul george i mean whether what the fuck? I mean, what are what are the Clippers gonna do this year? You know. I mean, you're you're at the I think nine or ten seed right now. And yeah. honestly, if if you asked me today, um, would they still be the nine or ten seed? I'd probably say no. I mean, yeah. when you have a guy like Justice Winslow playing thirty minutes a game, I don't think you're gonna make it very far in this league. Um, um <laughs> I mean. Literally, the teams below you are the Portland Trailblazers, the Sacramento Kings, the San Antonio Spurs, who I know their record don't look very good, but they got a guy in DeJounte Murray who is... He's a baller. He is absolute oh hooper. Dude, I'd that love to pluck him, insane. yeah. Yes. And then, I mean, in my opinion, I just don't see you sustaining. And, and even say you do get in the playing game. Okay, you're playing the Portland Trailblazers, who also don't have Damian Lillard, but on paper, I think the Portland Trailblazers could probably be your G League squad that yeah. you're throwing out there every night Poor, because you don't have your man. two best players. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just, that's just tough. Um, but 
So I have the the Bucks, the Suns, uh, the Heat, the Warriors, and then my final team. I just, as much as I don't want to put them in there, I think you've got to. Um, and I might change it on the spot. Uh, I was going to say Brooklyn, but with the way I just feel like you can't not put Brooklyn in it. But then there's also a team in the 76ers who like Joel Embiid is. Yeah, freaky he, right yeah. now. Yeah, I he's, mean, played 27 minutes and then yeah. was 50 points. I mean, he. I know you said it the other day. He's the Shack of our generation. And what's crazy yeah. is if he was healthy every year. Yeah. I don't know that you couldn't say he'd be better than Shaq because of what he does. Like, I mean, he is a freak he, of nature. Yeah. After dropping 50 the other night, <laughs> he said after the game, he goes, I can be Shaq, Kobe, or Jordan whenever I want to be. And he's right. I and, mean, he, and he's right. He's not. Yeah. Lying. I mean, yeah. that's literally just facts. So I, I might switch it up and say the 76ers, but I'll stick with the Heat, uh, or the, not the Heat, the Nets, um, just because, I mean, like we already talked about, you have a guy in Kate, Kevin Durant, who's playing incredible this year and granted he is injured for a little bit i don't i don't know if i remember the timetable on that or not but you're also playing your next like while he's injured your next like 10 plus games are on the road so you're gonna have Kyrie and james harden um and they're having to play a bunch of young guys which is a good and a bad thing i mean you can look at it in a positive a light that those guys are getting minutes and they're getting some time and they're learning on the learning on the fly i mean um, and that's good minutes, quality minutes. Um, and you're also playing with guys and Kyrie Irving and James Harden who should elevate your game because of how good they are. Yep. Um, so that's a positive thing, but it's also you look at it and they're like, these dudes cannot be like, I don't know if we can trust them in a seven game series with the Milwaukee Bucks, like that sort of a thing. Yeah. But those are probably the five I'd put with maybe like with an asterisk on like the nets and then have like slash 76ers but then i also have i'd be remiss to say that i have dark horses oh yeah Um, yeah. and my dark horses are uh two of the youngest teams in the nba uh one's the three seed in their conference and the other's the six seed um i'm trying not to put bias in there but i got to a little bit Uh, throw it in there i want all of it give me all of it the Memphis the Grizzlies have to be one i mean I mentioned earlier that the Heat have to be one of the deepest teams in the league, and the Memphis Grizzlies are right there with them. Um, everybody's like, uh, you heard the stuff when Jaw was out there, like, man, how'd they start this run without John? It's because you have a backup point guard in Tyus. I, I think I have an the erection. Best backup point guard in the league. <laughs> Continue, please keep going. But and then you also have everybody at the beginning of the season was like, why are you trading away your second most points per game and Jonas Valanciunas for a guy like Steven Adams who's coming off a career worst year? But then it allowed guys like Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain to come into their own, and Desmond Bain's averaging twenty points a game, and Jaron's looking like the star that we thought he was going to be when we drafted him fourth overall. Yeah. Um, and then you're just, you you can literally throw out fourteen guys a night. And it's yep. insane. And they can give you quality minutes in the NBA. So I, I'd be remiss not to say them. I just depends on how a young team would play in the playoffs. And, I mean, if they started today, uh, we'd be playing against the Denver Nuggets in a 3-6 matchup. And I'd take my chances against the I Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, I'll relate this back to the beginning of the year. I mean, you and I both thought they'd be around a 7 or 8 seed going into the year. But they're a 3. And you and I both have them outside of our top 5. But I mean, it's like them to excel expectations every year, and they've proved they can done that, do that every year. So why not this year? I mean, we'll see. Exactly, exactly. Yep. I mean, heck, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
people after we just made the Jonas trade and then drafted Zaire Williams, but at the time a head scratching pick, um, yep. just based off of what the Grizzlies had done in years previous, because they drafted those guys out of college that were usually like the older veteran college guys who would come in and play play a role and play it to perfection because that's all they'd have to do. Yep. I mean, and now you've seen those guys develop into even more, so it's been kind of crazy. But then people were saying after we traded Jonas Valanciunas that we'd be lucky to make the play-in. And then look at us now. We're literally at the three seed in a pretty firm hold. I mean, granted, we're a game ahead of the Utah Jazz. Uh, five games back from the one seed. But, I mean, we're in the thick of it. Yeah. And the Jazz right now, they're just like at an absolute free fall. They just lost the Houston Rockets at home last night. They lost to the Lakers before yeah. that. I mean, it's, they're, they're it's looking rough. Games. Yeah. Their last 10 games is three and seven. And you're looking yeah. at the Grizzlies ahead of you who are eight and two in your last. And they're what? Uh, 22 and 28 in their last 28 games or something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. And you have the yeah. Suns who are eight and two in their last 10. Like, I mean, and then you behind you have the Dallas Mavericks who have been on a nine one run in the last ten games. So like Yeah. Jazz are in a scary spot right now, especially with the way that it seems like their locker room's kind of imploding on themselves. But then my other dark horse, um, is the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is laughable. Hey, um, you gotta you gotta throw them in there. They've had a hell of a year. I mean, nobody in their right mind would have thought that we'd be talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers, but yeah. they're two and a half games out of the one seed right now. Yeah, um, or the Kevin and, Love Renaissance too. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm just like, the fact yeah. that they couldn't trade Kevin Love because he had no value, kind of like Russell Westbrook does right now, and now people are wanting to trade for him and take yeah. on his contract because of how good he's playing. I mean, uh, literally, when you have four seven footers just waiting to play, and you start three of them, like that's just such a fun team. And Darius Garland is ascending before our eyes. Like, I mean, you're seeing exactly. everything that he could be and more. Um, I just the, and then Jared Allen is worth every penny that they paid him for. Um, borderline All Star this year. Same with Darius Garland, and then you have a guy in Evan Mobley who is freaky. Yeah. yeah. Yup. Okay. All right. Good. I like that. I like that. You and I had the exact same um, top five teams. I just had them in a little bit different order. I had Phoenix at one, Golden State at two, Miami at three, and Milwaukee at four. And I also threw Brooklyn in there at five just because the star power they have. Uh, we talked extensively about all five of those teams, and I think I think it's a consensus around uh, the league that those five teams, um, one of those will at least win the championship. I think that's a safe bet. I, I think it would be too if I was a betting man. <laughs> all right, let's get into our last question. Uh, the fourth and final question is what moves do the Memphis Grizzlies need to make in the offseason to become a true title contender and not a cute team that has had a great year? That's a tough one. I mean, if you look at all the people out there right now, they're telling you, like in, in all the trade rumors, because we're at the best time of the year, the trade deadline oh, yeah. coming up uh, soon. So it's just fun to see all the rumors that pop out there. But, mm -hmm. you know, for the Grizzlies, like you're looking at your team right now and you're like, we have a guy in John Moran who's about to get the Supermax extension because he's a bona fide all-star. He's a superstar, and he's going to be an all-NBA player, and he's going to get the Supermax extension. Um, it's going to be an all-star starter right there with Curry, too. Yup, because the, the third round came out today, and uh, he was 700000 above Luka, and I think that's going to last for the next two days when it, the voting ends, which also, plug, go out there and vote, because it counts double tonight. Yes. Um, and so, 
you look at that and then you're like, you have a guy in Desmond Bain who's competing to be most improved player of the year. Um, I mean, guy who went from everybody was like, oh, nice. The Grizzlies got a Kyle Korver-esque type player who's just going to be a nice catch and shoot three guy. Um, and he'll be all right. He, he's, that's just, he'll be a nice role player for his career. And then you look and you got another guy like Jaron Jackson. Everybody's like, eh, they just paid him 100 million or what was it, 120 million? Um, to, and he's been injured. Everybody's like, eh, we don't know what we're going to get from him. You just got a guy, yeah. Steven Adams, who's not very good right now. And everybody thought his career was on the de- decline. Mm-hmm. Drafted a guy, Zaire, who had a lot more questions than answers. And then yep. you're 31 and 16. Um, so, and you have some of the best depth ever because you're getting minutes from a guy like John Conchar, who's shooting the leather off the basketball. Um, and you're getting minutes from a guy named Slow Mo who is incredible. Granted, he's on the final year of his deal, and you have the best backup point guard in the league, and Tyus Jones, um, who literally started this run that we're on right now when John Morant was sidelined for 10 games. Um, Because Tyus Jones is just one of those guys that you can plug and play, and he fits any system because he can play any system because he doesn't overdo anything. He's been leading the league in assisted turnovers for God knows how long. Um, So... You see all these things, you see all the trade rumors, and I didn't even mention Dylan Brooks, who doesn't get enough credit to at the all-defensive type level he plays because, I mean, he does exactly what a Mikael Bridges does. He does exactly what a Draymond does. He guards the best player on the other team night in, night out, and that's so taxing, but he does it well. Um, yep. Granted, as a Grizzlies fan, there are definitely games where uh, he'd be trying to get those FGAs up, <laughs> and he also yeah. be fouling way too much. But yes. you see all these people saying – go all in and get a star and you're like yeah but what do i give up for this star like what am i willing to give up and i think that's the question the grizzlies are gonna have to answer is what am i willing to part ways with yes our team chemistry is at a 150 um and we're playing for each other and night in night out it could be jaw going off for almost triple double like he did last night or it could be a guy like john conchar hitting the dagger against minnesota timberwolves one night and then it's just crazy because it can be night in night out somebody doing something there was some there was some crazy ass people in that crowd when Conchar hit (laughs) hit that three i don't know i don't know who they were or what they were doing (laughs) people were people were on pat bev i mean i wouldn't know yeah yeah. obviously but for everybody out there listening uh cooper and i were about 10 rows up at the timberwolves grizzlies game last week and uh there was these drunk guys behind us Yes, incredible game. It was like for our 11th win in a row. It was the final win of the streak. And there's these drunk guys behind us screaming at Patrick Beverly. Even he's on the bench. He's got ice on his knees. They're right <laughs> the entire time. So Cooper and I, you know, all fun and loving manner. We're uh, yelling at him too, giving him shit as well. And then Conchar hits that three. And Cooper and I were both obviously white males. And we don't see a lot of those in the NBA. Because we're athletically challenged. And once Conchar, he had a putback dunk before that game winner three. And once he, honestly, the, the putback dunk too, we both stood up. But the game winning three, I have a video of both of us just going absolutely insane. Yeah, it was incredible it was, such, a, it was, such a tough game yeah. too. Yeah, it was. It, it was a great night. Anyways, get, go back in, dude. Sorry, but sorry about my little spiel, but I had to throw that in. No, there. no, you're good. You're good. Um, so, you know, you see all the people saying go on for a star, and then Grizzlies fans are sitting there asking the question, "Who is this star?" Like, 
what do we want? Because you've heard you've heard the oh, if Bradley Beal's available, oh, if Jalen Brown's really available, oh, if Jeremy Grant, oh, if Pascal Siakam, just things like that. And you hear that, and you're like, Pascal Siakam, I have Jaron Jackson. Who would I rather have out of that, Jaron Jackson or Pascal Siakam? And I mean, as a Grizzlies fan. I love Jaron Jackson. Unless you're planning to move Jaron to the five and Pascal's your four. Like, yeah. It's just yeah. all these things that come with a question. And, you know, in everything you do, there's a there's a risk or a reward. Um, and so, like, I think the Grizzlies really have to just see what they're willing to do. Like, you have guys that are incredible role players, incredible basketball players, and that's not a knock on them, but are those guys pushing the needle to get you to a championship because at the end of the day what's every nba team's goal is to host the larry o'brien um so like it'll be really interesting to see what they do at the trade deadline because i mean if you're asking me right now i wouldn't say we're rebuilding right now i'd say we're buying um so it'll be interesting to see what we do with because you only have a couple contracts that are move offable right now and like on the final years of the deal with uh kyle anderson and uh Tyus Jones, and I mean, I'd venture to say that Tyus Jones is not going to be moved um, just because we kind of saw what happens when you don't have your backup point guard last night and your second unit looks atrocious and DeAnthony Melton's B button's broken. Yeah. Um, yeah, D-Melt's looked rough. Yeah, D-Melt has looked rough. I'm hoping he can turn it around. But, you know, it. what moves do they need to make? It'd be... I, I, it's, it's a lame answer, but it's the only answer I got, and it'd be uh, sit down and really evaluate what you want to do. If you're willing to stick with this, we're going to just play off our depth. We're going to do this. We're going to be young. We're going to be gritty. We're going to be uh, ready. And we got that fire. Stick with it. I mean, I'm okay with that. But if you're like, yeah, this has been really fun. And yeah, we're the three seed. Um, but we can be more. So we're going to go all in and we're going to get Jalen Brown. Or we're going to go all in and we're going to go find a way to get Pascal Siakam. Or if Bradley Beal's available, we're going to get him. And you just got to really think of what you want. The problem is you're going to have to give away some of your young assets. I mean, you have the picks to do it. We we have, we own every single one of our picks, uh, I think, for the future. And we also have one or two extra or three extra from the Jazz Warriors, I think. And then we, you know, we made a bunch of trades after the Jonas trade to get more picks and just kind of trade players for picks and stuff like that. So you have the assets. Um, to do it, yep. Uh, and I know you said off season, but you have the assets to do it now if you yep. want to do it. But you also you can also wait until you can you can honestly the Grizzlies are in such a good situation that's not even funny. Like it's so nice as a fan to say we're in this good of a situation because nobody expected us to be where we are. I mean, yeah. hey, nobody put us in the playoffs the first year with John Moran as a rookie, and the, what yeah. did we do? The last three we years, we were literally a game away. Been... Mm-hmm. Exactly, and so like. It's, it's really just, obviously, obviously, you have to sign John Morant to the Supermax extension. All this rests on his shoulders, his yeah. 180 pounds wet shoulders. Yeah, um, exactly. And he's not going anywhere, and that's huge. Because, I mean, we don't, know, we don't know what Zion's going to do. I mean, because his people, Zion's people has have been in his ear about leaving ever since he got there. And I'm just thankful that we have a star that wants to stay. It reminds me of what Giannis did in Milwaukee. And I think them winning the championship last year is huge because it could have been a Brooklyn where they got together in the middle of the year and decided they wanted to play together in a big market. No, Milwaukee was the team 
had the chemistry and they won it last year. And I think that was huge for, uh, you know, towns like Memphis that it's so hard to get a star and retain a star. And I think uh, Giannis winning that championship was, it went a long way as a Grizzlies fan for sure. Facts. And the fact that you just mentioned that is exactly what I was about to say. Where's our head coach come from? He comes from the Budenholzer tree and Budenholzer just won it. So he's literally doing and using the same blueprint. Now, granted, they went out one year and they said, we need a solid point guard that can win us games. And it wasn't Eric Bledsoe and it was Drew Drew Holiday. And so the Grizzlies can honestly sit there and like, that's why it's so nice. You can sit back and evaluate and figure out what it is you need. Like, what's the missing piece? If you're asking me, I think it's a backup big that can stretch the floor. Um, and also, I mean, that, that'd be what I'd say right now, but then you're also like, but Cooper, that doesn't really push the needle a hundred percent, but that's just my thought. Um, I, I, I would honestly love to see them play it out the way they're playing it out right now. See what you're made of in the playoffs as a high seed, if you can sustain the high seed, which I, I think they're capable of based yeah, on the layout of the West right now. Yeah. Um, and they also, I think I heard on <laughs> the radio today that um, the Grizzlies have one of the easiest remaining schedules, which is great, seeing as we just kind of went through murderous row. Yeah. Uh, and we're going through it right now. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to see them kind of play it out, see what their team's made of in the playoffs, and then, like you said, evaluate in the offseason. Yeah. Um, do I think they, they might make a couple trades here and there? Um, and I wouldn't, I, I can see that happening, but I don't think they're going to be the trades that people are, are putting out there. I don't think. I, I would I be upset by it? No, but I doubt we're going to be making a trade for the Jeremy Grants, I the Bradley Beals, yeah. the Jalen Brown, and the Pascal Siakams of the world. I just don't think that's what we're. That's not how the Grizzlies have done it, um, and I don't see them changing that now, especially seeing as it's working the way they're doing it. But yeah, that'd be my thoughts. Uh, my answer is similar to yours as well. I mean, I think it. <laughs> I think you and I have talked about this multiple times and it's I, I tweeted this the other day it's I think we should wait it out and in the playoffs we're going to see what we need we're going to see our shortfalls we saw it last year with Jonas and that's in my opinion why uh, our management made that move um, I think nope. I think I don't know I think we're one big wing away just like you and I have talked about and my loftiest of lofty goals is I was looking at the free agent pool for this upcoming summer and you know we have money to spend we're going to spend it on job but we're not going to spend it on Kyle Anderson I don't think and I'm not saying Kyle Anderson's going to have some lofty paycheck but we're not going to pay everybody and yeah. <laughs> a free agent this year is Zach Levine and you know uh my relationship with Zach Levine that is a lofty goal yeah. but I would I mean that's I mean not realistic, but that's something I would absolutely love. He'd fit perfect alongside with Ja if we're just talking in fantasy land. But this is the rest <laughs> of the free agents going back to uh, – I don't I don't think there's a lot there. You are exactly right. Here's a free agent pool of 2022. John Wall, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, who's probably going to re-sign, Kyrie Irving, who never, ever plays, Gary Harris, Zach Levine, who would be insane – Goran Dragic, and here's where it really starts to go in the dumpster. Ricky Rubio, Andre Iguodala, Thaddeus Young, Patrick Beverly. I'm not even going to read the rest. It's not worth our time. So we... Hey, man. <laughs> there's not... Andre yeah, Iguodala, though. <laughs> hey, hey, we tried that shit. I don't like that man one bit. <laughs> yeah, he sat, he sat on the bench collecting a paycheck yeah. like Chandler Parsons did. Yeah, exactly. By the way, he retired the other day. Was there a point to that? Was that really necessary? Dude, Chandler Parsons? Yes. 
I just thought that man gave up because he was not good at basketball anymore. <laughs> dude, he literally, it was just like long drawn out posts of him talking about retirement. I'm like, dude, you have been irrelevant. He, I, I heard it, he got an accident. Seriously, I hope he's okay. But I, I was like, dude, I don't think anybody has thought about signing him over like the past yeah, like, I was five years. Was he, was he on a team? I don't think so. I just saw like a, I saw a picture of him in a Hawks uniform, which I don't even know. I forgot we traded him there, and he just looked. It looked like he did in Memphis. It, whenever he's in uniform, it looked like he hadn't worked out in like yeah. two and a half years. But the last yeah. year he, the last year he had stats, it says 2019. He played five games, ten minutes, ten and a half, or we'll round up eleven minutes a game, three points, and one rebound. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Back to the Grizzly thing. I was, retirement we're, during the yeah, exactly. Back to the Grizzly thing. Talking about the free agent pool and how uh, terrible it was. So I think our, if we're gonna make a big splash this summer, it has to be in the trade market. Uh, like we're like with our picks, we have three first round picks. Uh, we have a Lakers pick from the Pelicans trade, which all of a sudden looks awfully good, and that the Lakers aren't doing so hot this year. We also have 100%. a tra- uh, we also have a Utah pick from uh, that Conley trade a few years back, and we also own a pick. So we got three first round draft picks this summer, uh, which would be very valuable. And we also have uh, young guns like Brandon Clark and Kyle Anderson to, that could help pretty much every team. Uh, I'd love to see a trade for Jalen Brown, which I don't know. Again, I don't, these could be in fantasy land, but I'd love to see Jalen Brown, people like CJ McCullough, maybe he wants out. DeJounte Murray, I don't know if he's coming up on re-signing period or not, but I'd love to see him in Memphis as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll end with saying this. Um, our organization and management has never, like since they've started this, kind of rise i guess they, they've never given me a reason to doubt a decision exactly. they've made just because they've every decision they made is has been a smart one and it's been one that's been productive for our team um even the zaire williams like i know people would scratch their head on that people are still scratching their head on santi aldama but that's okay um mm-hmm. he's not necessary to what we're doing <laughs> um but they scratched their head on zaire williams and yeah the first couple games i mean you saw the flashes, and then you also were like, "Golly, why is he playing minutes?" And then he gets injured, and he comes back, and you're like, "Oh, this is what we could get." Like, I mm-hmm. mean, that you see it, um, and so they until they give me a reason to doubt the decisions they make, I'm gonna trust them. Um, yeah, and I, I and I think they have they have their best interests at heart. So I agree. They've only made one mistake, and it's been that Jay Crowder trade. I mean, as soon as we trade him, our luck he goes to back to back finals with Miami and Phoenix. And we got Justice yeah, Winslow, I but wish we still had a Jay Crowder. Yeah, that'd be nice. But you know, and they have hit on absolutely everything else, and you're you're spot on with that. All right, well, Cooper, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, and I hope you have a great night, my friend. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for my conversation with Cooper Neal. If you want more Cooper, he's going to be here every Friday. I want to thank you all for listening. It means very much to me, and I hope you all have a great day.